0: This is the Squared Co podcast with Mark Morris
1: and Jared Maruyama.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Squared Co podcast. I am Mark Morris.
0: Oh. That's Jared. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It, crazy. It's too to easy, be, Jared. Too easy. We are back here so soon. We're, it feels <laughs> like we were just here.
2: Uh, it, it. This is you know what? This is a big release week, I guess. There's a ton of Squared Co. podcast content coming out this week. <laughs> um, if you listen to this on release day, this yesterday, we did part one. For the Master of One podcast trilogy, where we take each one of the Master of One podcast hosts and interview them individually. So yesterday, or the episode before this was Luke Gall, today we are interviewing and talking to Patrick Hill. You know, we should have mentioned what they're the master of. Well, we I think most people do know. That. So, and
0: we, we actually—I don't even think we did it in the, in no, the interview. No, we didn't. It's funny. I assume <laughs> I kind of assume whoever listens to our podcast listens to that podcast, which I know <laughs> isn't necessarily true. But I feel like they know these people. It well, just cracks me up.
2: Now they are because if you're the one listener that was unique to us, I'm now you're going to go listen to them. So that's right.
0: So, so Luke is the master of toys and games. Uh, Today is Patrick and he's the master of television and film and tomorrow we'll talk with uh, Andrew Sale who spoilers. is the spoilers yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> I blew up the ending the big <laughs> uh, who is the master of uh, art and design. So right. there, we covered So
2: it. Uh, we said this in Luke's intro but we asked we came up with a set of questions we asked each one of the hosts the same questions to get their perspective um, on podcasting and kind of how it's affected um, their lives since joining or doing this podcasting things that they've been doing it now for just over three years, I think.
0: Yeah. And I, I did listen, I've been listening to them for quite a while. Um, I remember cause Andrew Cole was a guest on it very early on and yeah. uh, I was a big fan of his work. And so I, I found the the podcast and started listening through them, but uh, I didn't listen very consistently at the beginning. It was mostly just to, to hear Andrew talk. Um, but I can't remember exactly when I started back in on it. But to see the, the they growth. have changed, yeah, like yeah. so much. And three years, I guess, I don't know. Does that sound like a long time to you? It, I guess it's, it's weird. a long it, time It to does think.
2: and it doesn't. Yeah, You know, like it, it's a long enough time to get kind of proficient at something. But when you look back at it, I don't know. It's it, it goes by quick.
0: Well, it goes by very quick. Like we said on the last one, Mark and I met because of the uh, the M of one podcast. And we're just – this has only been a year for us, which – not even that seems it's like six months. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been <laughs> since I met you. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> and now, now we're no. BFFs. Yes, yes, <laughs> BFFs forever. Um, so yeah, so I could see why how three years could go by super fast, but they're up to like two hundred episodes or something. Or yeah, it's nuts. I, I think know. they it try and crazy, describe
2: right? the number. I think actually in this one, Patrick tries to go over the the breakdown of how they they number their episodes but yeah i think it is yeah 200 or something right cuz you're so you're actually we're going to do a little cross promo here for them you're going to be interviewing them for their 200th episode Right. Or so something like, something that. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I don't know. I can't quite figure out when this is going to air. I think I'm supposed to record with them next week. So something could change, I suppose. But yes, I think it's going to be me and Andrew Kolb uh, talking to the guys about what they've uh, accomplished so far. So that'll be interesting.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we say this several times. I'm going to say it again. If you aren't already listening and following the Master of One podcast, we will have links in the show notes. Um, but like jared said if you're listening to us there's a good chance you'd be a fan of their podcast as well so definitely go give them a shot um give them a listen and you know with without further ado here is part two of the master of one trilogy with patrick hill enjoy All right, welcome to the show. Patrick Hill from the Master of One podcast. Hey. What's up, Patrick?
1: Hey, what's up? There was like a bit How's it, it was like podcast. Sorry, <laughs> I had a bit of stutter, but yeah, I'm here. What's up, man? How are y'all?
2: We are good. So we actually just saw you not too long ago. So it's uh we're getting a lot of Mr. Hill these days. But
1: it feels like forever. Does it, it does. feel like that to you it, guys? It does. It's
2: weird. So Jared was just telling me um, before we jumped on with you that I didn't really realize this, but you have been traveling for like over 20 days. Yeah, my it, it was
1: 22 days in total for me. So it was a, a bit less for Andrew because once we did the bulk of the, the trip in California, we, we went back to his house for like a week and a half. But I, mm-hmm. I just stayed in Texas. I didn't go back home. So I, I was... I was gone from my place for 22 days, and then I, so Jared, I saw you at the beginning of it, like basically you're one of the first people I saw when I left, mm-hmm. so thinking back on the trip now, that it, it feels like it was a year ago, like it, <laughs> it just feels like it was so far in the past, but um, but no, I'm glad to I'm glad to be back at home and have some normalcy.
2: Yeah. Did you have to deal with different time zones? Are you adjusted? Oh, We had the daylight savings as well. It was 22 days
1: in a different time zone. Yeah, so I was... We had daylight savings. I was on... So I'm Eastern normally, but I was mm -hmm. Pacific for most of it. Went to Central, and then I had a work client that I had to go back to... (laughs) So I had to go back to San Diego and then come back home. So it took a couple days to uh, recover.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine.
0: My goodness, that's a long time to be away from work and home. Did you... So this was um you started off with Reimagine, is that right? And then you were in uh then you went to Mondocon. Is that what the the second part of that leg was?
1: So it was because we stayed in California a bit longer, basically. So it was Reimagine. you you'll remember we had the Anaheim meetup and then we went up to basically San Francisco for a couple days. Oh yeah, that's right. That that was um Pixar Family Museum, those things. And then we went to ended up in San Antonio waiting for two things pop-up crop, which is that's mm. Matt Dawson and that's kind of the uh, the new spawn of crop BR. So crop BR is normally in Baton Rouge. This was in Austin as well. so we did pop-up crop and MondoCon. and then like I said, I had to go back to San Diego. so we all drove to the airport and my wife went east and I went back west and um, and so then I was out in Temecula and now finally back home so it just again it just it feels so far in the past even though I guess I've only been home for like a, a little bit over a week now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a that is a quite the trip but it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun most of it you can hear on the podcast I think quite a bit of that is on the master of one podcast episodes that have been uh, solely been releasing since you've left but Um, So if anyone wants to go check that out, you can hear about all of Patrick's mega trip adventures. (laughs) That's
1: right. And those will be in it. We have all the hot seats from pop-up crop. I think we haven't really talked about that on the, uh, on our show very much that we did that, but we had a chance to interview people there. And so, I think those maybe start releasing next week, and then that's going to be like another month of releases. So everybody will be sick of hearing about this trip in in the next 14, 21
2: days, something like that. So (laughs) Sounds exciting. Yeah, for now. So we recorded, our last episode was with uh, one of your co-hosts, Mr. Gall. Um, We asked him a series of questions And we're going to ask you pretty much the same questions. Um, And it's going to be primarily focused on the podcast and your interaction with that and how that's affected your life. So we're going to promise
1: me one thing. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Like when this. Yeah. No, when this is over, can you just tell me that I did better than he did?
0: Of course. We'll tell you right now. You did so much better than Luke. Thank um, you.
2: Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You're you're our favorite M of one. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> so we're gonna right. all right. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna pretend to act like these are the first time we're asking these questions. So for for Patrick, this is the first time he's hearing them. But for the listeners, right. if you listen to the last one, you can tell us that we're uh, we can tell that we're acting. So here we go. Mark, why don't you kick <laughs> us off with the first spontaneous question off the top of your head? <laughs>
2: uh, so you you're. You're one of the hosts of Master of One Podcast. Um, you've been doing it for a while. At any point, have you... Does your family tell you... Okay, I'm terrible yes, at this, Jared. I don't know why you had me I'm We've got these written down, which is the best part. And I'm trying to make it seem, like Jared said, like we're not just
0: reading <laughs> off the script No, here, it's good, man. And it's
2: coming out terrible. Yes,
0: I agree.
1: I think you are nailing it. Just, just fully commit this time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let's let's try again. None of this is getting edited out, by the way. All right, so, good. Pat, Pat Patrick Hill, does your family listen to the podcast, um, or do people close to you, family or friends, listen and give you constructive criticism?
1: Uh, I don't get I don't get any criticism from people. Thank God. I don't know that I would be able to. I I do great with criticism. I am weirdly <laughs> like it feels abrasive if it's criticism from family. Just specifically, like if I'm related to you and you tell me what I could do better, uh, I'm just, I feel instantaneously frustrated. You know, there's no logic behind that. But no, I, I actually, I don't get any uh, criticism, but I do have family that listens. Um, my family is decently spread out. So there's uh, seven of us as far as mm-hmm. like the, the like my family unit, the immediate piece. And, yeah. um, it, you know, if we, we, obviously all grew up together and then just a couple years ago we kind of dispersed and so we're kind of all over the country now and so Mm -hmm. something like the podcast becomes a really easy way for someone to kind of hook in with my life and so I have a a couple family members that this is kind of how they keep up with me because it uh (laughs) it lets on a lot more than maybe an awkward phone call of what have you been up to and what have you been up to (laughs) so um so yeah I have uh family listens and then I, I think both of you have probably talked to, uh, my mom at one point or another, and, you know, M of one slack or seeing an Instagram message or something. So, uh, but no, thankfully I'm not getting much criticism from the family or critique. I should say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's feedback of any sort. So we kind of all know the the story of the podcast from, from listening to, it, and you guys have had a chance to sort of talk about that a few times, but, um, I wanted to ask you, like, why did you personally want to do the podcast and sort of what did you hope you would get out of the experience?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say what I actually thought I'd get out of it. Um, so initially, I, I, Andrew and I both have podcasting experience before M1 and mm. Andrew more extensive than I think any of us. Um, I, I think he actually did it for some time and was consistent. This was, I, I believe, with a, like a different workplace. I don't remember exactly. I, um, my brother-in-law does something called Film Dispenser. And, and they're, they're a big like, um, it's a big website that has like uh, news stories. And and they do articles and interviews and podcasts and all this stuff just around TV and film. And, mm. uh, and so initially... I had done some stuff with my uh with my brother-in-law because we lived in the same town. I could just drive over over to his house. We could hang out, record a couple episodes of a show, go see a movie. It was just a very casual thing. And so he was kind of my gateway. He was the one doing all the heavy lifting. He was doing all the work. I would just show up, you know, and just hang <laughs> out in his basement for a couple hours and that was kind of it. But it it <laughs> scra- it kind of scratched an itch I didn't realize that I had when I was doing it. So that that didn't last uh very long or it wasn't um terribly consistent. It was kind of up and down and and uh through through Luke and I uh through Luke Andrew and I meeting we just We realized that that's something that the three of us, it it was a bit more natural for us to get together because we actually worked together. We were in the same environment. We had access to like a common space. And it it just became an easier thing for the three of us to do than maybe. So, you know, I do this with a brother-in-law. It let me know that this was a thing that that I could enjoy. And -hmm. then it just became very natural to do with the other two guys. Uh, Sorry, Spencer. And, um, and then as far as like the purpose of it, I, I don't, I, you know, that this might sound, um, I don't know if it sounds genuine. <laughs> I, I don't think there was a purpose. I don't think we had thought, well, what if people listened, then maybe we can X, Y, and Z. I, I don't think that was a thought. I think, I think we hoped it didn't fail. I think that's the only <laughs> thing is that we hoped it wasn't good. garbage. And, and we mm-hmm. all worked in environments where we just each personally took a lot of responsibility for, for just wanting to do like do our best work whenever we were putting a foot forward. So um yeah. so I think that was the only hope is that it didn't fail. I, I think once we actually moved, you know, once Andrew went up to Texas and I went down to Tennessee, I think the show morphed a bit and it became, oh, this is how we stay in touch. And that kind of mm-hmm. became the new purpose. And uh I think we we rode that wave uh for a bit. And I, I would say it's only within the last uh six months that I would say we've started to get um, serious about the question, like where would we actually want to take this or, or what could we actually yeah. hope to do with this? But really, I, I think we were a, f- a couple of years into the show before we really were asking that question.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When you guys first started, did you were you recording live, like all together in the same room in front of it each other? It was terrible,
1: yes. So <laughs> it was um, the first time we recorded. In these episodes, you can't, like they do exist. I this it's partly my fault that they're they're not available right now. We are going to make them available so you'll be able to go to the website and we're going to have a separate section just it's like our dark dusty corner that
2: you'll <laughs> be able to find and and you don't really want people to find No, it yeah, it's <laughs> it's
1: not going to be in like the primary navigation like we're not we don't want to tell you it's there, but if you dig, you'll be able to find it. Right now, that's not the case. It will be the case, and and we'll announce it when that happens. But but basically, the first three episodes, I think we had um, one microphone sitting in the center of a table, and it's like a four top <laughs> table, and we all sat around, and it was kind of like this echoey room, and um, it was slow, and we sounded sad, and it was just it was a super weird uh, uh, dynamic, and and in the moment. It didn't feel that way. Again, it felt exciting mm-hmm. and new and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then listening back, it was it was just really really rough. So I think about episode three is when we said, okay, we've got to do something better with audio gear. And um, and then you just start building. You just start self critiquing and saying, what what phrases am I saying a lot that I need to now get rid of? What words am I saying a lot? I need to cut how can we improve yeah. audio how can we get rid of that echo or how can we get rid of this thing and so then we just began our process of iteration but the first few episodes um and then really the first um maybe um i don't think it was a full year but yeah mm-hmm. the the first bit of the show it was all in the room together but we we pretty quickly had to uh to move into the the you know remote world of of doing it ac- across the internet so that i i think I want to say this show started in like a June or a July or something like that, and I, I had left Ohio by January, so we we didn't have a lot of time necessarily in person.
2: So you, I, I, it's obvious just through listening to your a few of your past answers that there are three of you that are part of the Master of One podcast. Since you are a group, is it difficult to make decisions uh, for the podcast? Do you guys? How do you decide what's best for the podcast? Do you guys always like vote together and majority rules, or does someone have more weight in the final say? We we joke about me
1: having more weight because I'm the one that submitted (laughs) our uh, LLC documentation and I gave myself an additional (laughs) percentage point. So when you hear that joke, that's true. But the reality is that's not how it actually plays out when we're talking. Um, You know, it's it's like anything else. I actually love that it's three people. And there, I don't know that um, there's a bit of a safety net. There's a bit of a feeling that, like, one person by themselves, their own preferences, unchallenged, can make some big mistakes. Three people, it, it's going to be a bit less likely. And if you do mess up, it's probably not going to be as bad because it's always being tempered by someone else. So that can feel frustrating. It can feel like I want to decide to do something and I want to move right now and I, I don't want to wait for two other people to chime in. But mm-hmm. the the pro of that, again, is that it's it's like an extra level of vetting all the time. And so there's a lot of confidence that once we've decided to do something – again with three of us it's it's not as likely that we're going to make a really giant misstep mm-hmm. um or as it might be if it was just one person so i think from that standpoint right. it's really good um and we have pretty clear role delineation so there are things that andrew does that that luke and i just cannot do um mm-hmm. when it especially like an easy example is episode artwork Luke and I, it would be just the worst if we tried to. And so, so from that standpoint, Luke and I aren't going to challenge the stuff Andrew's doing because Andrew is very clearly the one that has that under control. Um, yeah. Or if we do challenge it, it's going to be very, very rare. And therefore, he takes it very seriously because it is rare. Same thing with the web stuff. I manage the web stuff. If Luke and Andrew tried to, it would be a dumpster fire. And so because of that, <laughs> they do mostly leave me alone when I'm inside my lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that is when we have the conversation. So it is us working together. I know how much work this is. Yeah. I cannot imagine having to do it by myself. Like the people that are by themselves uh, that do this type of work, uh-huh. um, man, good Crazy. luck to you. And Because <laughs> and it, it's just – it is a lot of work. So I, I'm glad it's multiple people and I think we uh, – again, I think we're not going to have these huge missteps because of that.
0: <laughs>
2: right. C- sort of jumping off of that. Do you guys ever get into disagreements or even arguments?
1: I've quit the podcast twice. <laughs> I like, absolutely. I funny. That
2: was our, that was our next question. Yeah, know.
1: Yeah, I, I have quit the podcast twice. Um, not, not recently, but, um, <laughs> I, I think we've, you know, it's, you have to learn how to deal with people. Like, um it, it, we just went through those stages of like we're casual friends. I mean, we were work acquaintances mm-hmm. and then we're like casual friends and then we're we're suddenly in a relationship where we we're behaving or we have to behave at a far deeper level than that um where we have to remove the idea of uh kind of like feelings and stuff like that because ultimately we're all trying to get a great final thing. I mean, I'll call it a product. I hate how cold that sounds, but we're trying to produce this great final piece for someone to listen to. And our ego, our emotion, our whatever, uh, just, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a place in that. Then it needs to be removed. And so casual friends, it's a bit difficult to broach that conversation of saying like, Hey, you got to get over yourself right now, or that's a waste of time or whatever. So we had to move into that space where that was okay. And that's tough. It means that there's a lot of clashing and there's a lot of frustration. And, but now on the backside of that, it, it's definitely a, a brother relationship. So I, I mm-hmm. think now, um, Luke and Andrew, there are things they could say to me right now that I would just, uh, you know, throw up two middle fingers and I would, you know, <laughs> turn off my phone and I wouldn't talk to them for two weeks. <laughs> and then, well, but then like when it comes to record night, I'd pick up my headphones, pick up my mic, would do our record and then like, would be fine again. You know, like it's, it's like totally a brother thing. So we still have moments where we get really frustrated. Um, but not, not in a flaky way. Like it's not where someone's going to like bail on everybody else. Uh, it's just that we, we share everything. Like there is just no filter, uh, because we recognize that there, there can't be and us do our best work.
0: Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was going to actually ask a next question, but I want to go back just a bit. So when you guys do disagree, does it tend to be over the same things, like the same issues? Like, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about where the bumps in the road are for the three of you working together. Is it, you know, whether it's just process or how you, uh, you know, ask a question of a guest?
1: Yeah, I don't, it's not necessarily the same issues, but there still do tend to be patterns. Mm-hmm. So uh, Andrew and I, Tend to have closer, a closer like uh, mentality or an approach than say me or Luke or mm-hmm. than Andrew and Luke. So the the thing we have to be careful of is that it doesn't feel like a two versus one scenario. Frankly, too many times. Like mm-hmm. that's something that we have to be aware of is that um, we we do share a lot of preference, but at the same time, it can't just feel like it's like you know, ganging up on the, the other guy. Sure. And, um, now that's not always the case. I mean, I, I think we all still surprise each other with this stuff that we complain about <laughs> 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 or like, or like we still have moments where we'll just go like, wait, that's important to you. Or like, are you being serious? <laughs> Do we need to, uh, okay, let's, if, if that's important, we're going to deal with it. So, um, and I think we've, we, we have gotten very good at, at being able to just say, Hey, this thing is, like, I care enough to say something, but this isn't a hill I'm going to die on. Like, we're really good at, at recognizing that as opposed to something else where we go, this is really important, and I'm not going to drop this until we handle it. And we know that if someone is at that point where they're saying, like, this is that hill that I'm going to die on, then we we all recognize when we just need, we need to give and we need to let that be the case. So I, I think there is a... Uh, there's still um, empathy. There's still, uh, there's still that, that awareness. Like, we're not just going around bullying each other all the time. Like, we still care <laughs> yeah. a lot about each other. Um, you know, if we're not having fun, like if we're miserable, then also this isn't going to sustain itself. So, that's right. uh, so I do want to make sure just to add that kind of like asterisk onto what I said before. We do still have to make sure that we're enjoying this. Because if we didn't, we'd make it another six months and then it would just break up anyway. So
0: Right, right. So the podcast has certainly gotten more complex over the three years or so that you guys have been doing this. I mean, you've recently added video, you know, you've added a that's a whole new element to add to the thing. But what has so far, what's been the biggest challenge for you personally for doing the podcast? Not so much the technical side of it, but just fitting this big thing into your into your life.
1: Um, there's probably two pieces of it, or I, yeah, I'll cite, uh, either two or three. The first one that became the big challenge that I had to overcome was, um, just, uh, time balance. Now at the time I was, uh, dating and then I was engaged. Andrew and Luke were both uh, married with kids and, uh, we, we had this thing where, well, if we don't finish what we're working on on Tuesday night, then it'll spill over into Wednesday or mm-hmm. maybe that'll spill over into Thursday. And suddenly, the podcast is something that in the beginning we were do we were working on five nights a week, whether it was for a half hour, three hours, or whatever. It was just constant, and we had to have that point where we said we we have to fit this in a box. Like we we have to be deliberate about the amount of time we're spending because we have to protect other things that are equally or more important, like mm-hmm. a wife or kids or a fiance or uh, work or or whatever those things are. And so that was the first big thing that had to happen is is we just had to say, hell or high water, we're only investing X amount of time per week into the show. Um, and once that's done, that's done. And so that, right. that kind of common understanding. I, I think there was a time in the show where – the three of us were loving it and everybody's significant other was, was ready to quit on their behalf. You know, like everybody <laughs> was upset. And so thankfully, once we all kind of came came to that understanding of, Hey, like McKenzie, I'm going to disappear all night on record night. Like you're yeah. going to go to bed by yourself, you know, like from when we get home from work to the next morning, you're not going to see me, but that's the only night. And the rest of the week, like, I'm hundred percent like you know yours. Uh, once we got into that stage and got that kind of mutual understanding, that was that was uh, that was a big deal. Um, the uh, until
2: you added a second night during the week. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: so we haven't added a s- well. <laughs> you mean specifically for this? Yeah, she's super <laughs> upset right now. No, I mean we. So we've moved our nights before. We used to be Mondays, now we're Thursdays. But we still audio, even adding video to it. Still, only uh, takes up one night, I think. Um, it, at least wow. that—that's on um, all the recording and stuff. So certainly, like we might have to—I might have to respond to some emails or things like that, or I, I might go and update a couple things on the website. But all of the record, all of the whatever, it, it all fits into uh, one evening. Another thing that I think uh, has probably been a, a tough personal thing is it's we invest a lot of time. I mean. Mm-hmm in a, a lot of like energy and effort, it, it's uh there's a pretty high cognitive load to doing this. So yeah. even if, even if some weeks you kind of have a light load, as far as the amount of time you're investing, you're still investing a lot of mental energy. And, uh and sometimes it's, it it's tough to feel like that pays off, or, or I should say it's tough if you feel like people aren't responding to it. Mm. And um so that's just been like a personal thing of, of, you know, trying to balance the, If I do something and I feel like I did it well and people don't respond, is it valuable or not? Mm -hmm. How should I feel about it? What does that mean for the next time I approach it? And what are the things that I'm going to choose to place value on even if I'm the only one that feels the value? And what are the things that I need to recognize that, hey, maybe that's something I don't need to do if people aren't going to respond to it? Mm -hmm. Weeding through that has been like another, uh, that's probably been a tough thing Um, Because I don't know that I have a great answer other than I know that there are some things that we just accept this is going to be a sink and I'm not going to recover the energy I invest into it, but it's personally fulfilling and there's other things we have to say this is going to be a sink and people aren't going to respond to it and therefore we need to kill it Mm. and that's been Mm. tough knowing when to do that and not to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect segue into the, the next question, actually, because we were talking to Luke about this last night. We were just at DesignerCon this past weekend where I think this is the first time since we started the podcast that we've actually had mm-hmm. interaction with people who listen to the show. And that was sort of uh, that kind of changed things a little bit. It kind of made totally. you very aware suddenly of of that people are actually listening. Was there a moment for you where... Uh, whether it's interactions with with people on Slack or people in real life, where you started to realize that yes, people are listening, you are having sort of an effect on people, and that there is an audience out there. You're not just speaking into the void.
1: Yeah, there's been a there's been a couple of interesting ones. Um, one of them, we were we were hiring somebody at work, and uh, and I, I I told them about the podcast, and they were already them or one of their buddies already listened. And it was just this random thing of this oh, dude weird. was in town <laughs> to do an interview, mm-hmm. and it turns out that, like, he knew about the show. And it was it was just a totally – like, that was one of those weird cases because I wasn't in an environment or I wasn't in a place where that's, like, a reasonable expectation. Mm-hmm. Now, it was cool, like, last year at MondoCon. Uh, not Cool Co. It's, in, um, it's mm-hmm. part of the M of One uh, community, um, <laughs> Lauren – I don't remember her last name. I assume her last name is Lauren <laughs> Not Cool. I assume that's her name. Um, but Mondo Khan last year, I think she, we were standing in line talking and she heard our voices and recognized our voices. And she was like, uh, you know, are you the M of one guys? And so that was like, that. that's fun. You know, like I, I'm, I'm not trying to have ego, but that's that's a that's I mean I was smiling that's that's a fun thing so yeah, sure been it's
2: a w- weird thing to get recognized for your voice over you know your appearance But mine is it's so high pitched you can hear it across the room <laughs> like is that a
1: what's that squeaking noise oh I, yeah that's Patrick no yeah it is it's totally weird so there have been a couple cool moments um, I and I think the the meetups are always surprising like in Anaheim. We had mm-hmm. 20 or 25 people. Now, it's partly because uh, y'all are there as well, and I know that y'all are locals, but it's still crazy to think that that there's 25 people that are hanging out, having drinks, and talking mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been otherwise. And uh, right. that's that's a really special thing. That's um, We had a similar thing. We had a, our Orlando meetup mm-hmm. where I was kind of expecting like, five, six, seven people. And then I think there was like 15 people or 18 people or whatever. And then that thing that was like five hours later and people are standing in a circle, like singing Disney songs. It was so bizarre. (laughs) And, um, but it's just cool to think that that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Uh So those moments are super important.
2: Well, a big, a big part of your community is the Slack channel. You've mentioned it a few times already, why do you think the Slack channel has been such, a, or has become such a big part of the M of One podcast? Because
1: we're taking that step past like window shopping, you know. the The last thing that I want to do is just talk at people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm interesting enough to do that. Um, but what I I do love is I, I love talking with people. That's exciting, and and I I tell people, you know, like you always hear the thing like. Um, Not the what you want, what do you want to be when you grow up, but like what's the, you know, if you could do anything or like your life purpose or all that kind of stuff. I always tell people that I, my, my purpose is to be a cheerleader for the people around me. That, that is 100% what I want for my life. If you have something that you personally want to do, and if I can somehow convince you to take another step towards that thing, then that is the most fulfilling, like most fulfilled I could feel in that moment. And mm-hmm. so, Slack community has become this way of saying, like, again, I could talk at you, but instead, let's talk with each other. Like, you say things, and then I'll say things. Let's have a back and forth. Let me learn what you like <laughs> and don't like. And then maybe I can help you take that step. Maybe I can figure out that thing you want, and I can enable you to get a step closer to that thing. So, I think that's the reason it's so important because ultimately, yeah, and all of us value the community. Again, where we, there was probably a, an attitude shift, oh, probably last uh, November, where we just had this strong sense that, um, this like we don't want this to be about us. like it, it was and, and you it, it 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 feels almost like this kind of manipulation all the time where, well, if I get that guest, then I can trick his followers to listening to me talk, and then I'll get mm-hmm. more numbers. Like <laughs> it, it feels like this manipulation always. And I think we had this moment of saying, like, um, instead of making this about us, can we grow this where we can really use this um, on behalf of other people, or like give it to other people through like hot seats and things like that, where we we're giving other people a platform. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that attitude is also permeating through the Slack of saying like. Again, how can we give someone else a platform? How can we have a back and forth with someone else? Um, that's kind of that's kind of the reason Slack's so important. And there's a lot of cool stories. There are people that have collaborated together, worked mm-hmm. together, shared work, bought work, um, gotten art direction, feedback, whatever in Slack. That again may not have happened otherwise if that didn't exist. So,
0: were you guys surprised by the sort of success of the Slack channel and how it's kind of grown and did you have an idea of what you wanted it to be or did it sort of organically form what it is today?
1: We got lucky. I mean we absolutely got lucky because it has to be organic honestly Mm -hmm. like it's the Slack is the thing we've probably put the least energy and thought into (laughs) when it comes to growing (laughs) it Um, and that's probably the reason it has been the most successful piece Um, (laughs) because I've been a part of some other communities cuz a lot of people have Slack communities. It, this isn't yeah. like something we pioneer. This is a lot of people do this. And I've been in some communities that uh, that are very sarcastic or very negative or very yeah. um you feel like this power imbalance when you're talking to certain people like it it's just it can just be a really weird vibe. And um I don't think that we have that like i don't think mm-hmm. that there's i don't think that there's someone that they talk and they'll only you know they act like they're better than others and will only respond to these five people like i think everyone talks to everybody i think uh-huh. everyone is is nice i mean I, I we there's not i would say there's not even a ton of sarcasm in the room i mean there's definitely right. people aren't being negative but um <laughs> So I, I I said to someone like I, I don't want to say this backwards, but um, <laughs> like I don't know how the Slack community got to where it is. Like because I love the vibe that it has. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm afraid to do too much because I'm afraid <laughs> that I'll ruin it. Right. And so <laughs> like I want to be like I'm involved enough in the Slack where I'm always like I, I see it running during the day, and if someone doesn't respond to something, then I like to chime in and like you know, say something to keep the conversation going. But at the same time, I make it a point to not talk too much because, again, I don't like it seems like it's got a really cool vibe that I don't want to wreck. But (laughs) right.
0: (laughs) Sure. But, you know, it's interesting. It is a very positive room. I would agree with you that I think that's the one of the original things about that room, but it sort of matches the tone that you guys set on the actual show. Uh, You guys keep a very positive uh, tone throughout uh, all your recordings and, you know, obviously when you have guests, but even when it's just the three of you guys, is that uh, intentional on your part? Like, did you guys set up any kind of boundaries or parameters for the tone of the show?
1: Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So in part of in part of uh, establishing kind of what our values were for the show and then what we were trying to accomplish, um, we also had to establish what we weren't. Uh, that's a that's a really great uh, <laughs> great way to like narrow down to that point. And mm-hmm. um and we, we 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 basically tell people we are not TMZ. That's just the <laughs> phrase we use because I think people get it. Uh we're not trying to gotcha. We're not trying to prod anything. We're not we're not trying to trick you into breaking your NDA or <laughs> you know that's that's not what we're here to do. we we're we're, right. we're here to say like a very innocently Tell us more about you, or tell us something we don't know. Uh, share your work, and um, and and then we just want to leave it there. And I, if people want to dive in and like connect with the artists and then you know, kick up a conversation on Twitter or email them, and then start like drilling into that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. There are other people that you know if you're looking for the the latest news and the breaking stuff and the he said she said and behind the scenes and. There are people they that did, I say behind the scenes, but like the again like the the breaking the NDAs and whatever. There are people mm-hmm. that give you that stuff. We just decided that's not what we wanted to hang our hat on, and right. that's also partly out of right. respecting the person we're talking to. Um, I mean, if, if you're sitting down with someone and you 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 know pronounce their name correctly. You give them a chance to kind of, you know, uh, hawk their wares or whatever, and you know, just uh, and you know, have a smile on your face. They're gonna have a good experience, and then they're gonna talk to you again, or they're going to then uh, entertain your community or whatever that is. So we're just trying to, we just want to create kind of like general good vibes, and Mm -hmm. um, and I would say more and more we want to lower the barrier where where people can see like. It isn't scary. It's not difficult. It's not whatever to uh, to talk to these artists. And these artists aren't angry, excited, mean people. Like, they're just cool, chill, normal people. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe sometimes that can get lost. Like, if, if if something gets too emotional, I think you can lose that feeling and somebody can go back to being, unacce- like, inaccessible again. So, it's just, mm-hmm. again, we just want to have this cool, chill, easygoing vibe. Other people can do that. That's just not what we want to do.
0: Right. So that right. being said, do you has there been anything uh, during your recordings that you've uh, either regretted saying or thought, oh, gee, you know, later on thinking maybe I shouldn't have said that or, or something that you guys, you don't have to be specific, obviously. We've but is cut there all that, that stuff you, out. But yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> it, longer term, has there been anything where you've listened back and you thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it goes many different way. It goes different ways, but like we do not talk about politics. Mm-hmm. We don't do it now. If you're creative, you can kind of guess what the ninety, how the ninety eight percent of people feel in our industry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we really right. don't need to talk about it because I'm sure I know what everybody's thinking. But we've decided we're not going to. There are times where something has been said, like a one off remark, and we've just cut it from the episode entirely because uh-huh. we're we're not trying to. Again, we're not trying to uh excite those emotions. We want to excite uh your 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 go and create whatever. We're not mm-hmm. trying to raise your blood pressure. Um right, right. so I would say uh politics is something. There have been a couple things that are just maybe some uh misguided colloquialisms. Is that the phrase? Well, there's I <laughs> listen, I grew up in Sounds middle good Georgia. To me. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in middle Georgia. There are some phrases that are in my, in my vocabulary that maybe shouldn't be. And it's just like – and so there have been a couple times I've said something and, like, Andrew Lucas stopped and said, Patrick, you can't – like, you don't say that. Like, that's not a thing. And so we've, like, had to cut that uh, stuff out and all that kind of stuff. So we're – w- yeah, we try to keep it clean. And then we, we made a conscious decision to uh, keep a clean rating – So expletives, you know, we had an awesome interview with Frank Kozik. Um, I can't remember the episode number. I want to say it's like episode 54, maybe. Um, But Frank Kozik of Kid Robot, and he was just amazing. A lot of great information. And he cussed every four words. (laughs) He said the F word for the whole interview. And if you go back and listen to it, you would have no idea. He, he sounds like you I, could bring him home to your mama, but it just, <laughs> so like, that's another decision we made is that those expletives and things like that, we cut that out too. Because if you're riding in the car and you have your daughter with you or, or mm-hmm. a coworker or something like that, we don't want to make people uncomfortable. Again, we, right. you know, we, we can share a lot of fun, exciting, interesting stuff without crossing that line. And so sure. we choose not to.
2: Well, I think we, we missed that. Yeah. <laughs> he went with the expletives in like minute one episode one probably. <laughs> and you know what? like no so hatred. Jared said we we met like actual fans or listeners at Decon, and I felt so bad almost immediately that I cussed so much on the podcast because it was like a high school teenage, like really young girl that came up to the booth with her mom. Saying that they are these avid listeners, like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. You know, I'll tell you where it comes Immediately from. Immediately felt from, bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, where it comes from for me personally is, um, I call it. So this is. I'm going to go a little off road for a second. I call it <laughs> moral neutrality, um, and it's this mm-hmm. I, this this idea that I have that, like, let's say that I'm I'm sitting in a room, okay. And I've got there's a guy in front of me that has, uh, and I'm going to use a bad example, so don't get hung up on this. <laughs> Hear my heart behind this, but like there there's there's a uh, two people sitting in the room, one person that l- loves tattoos and thinks they're the best thing ever, and one person that hates them and thinks if you have a tattoo, you're like, you know, you and Satan play cards on the weekend type thing, right? Like that's <laughs> those are the two people. Now if I have a tattoo. I can only effectively reach one of those people. Okay, like whatever I'm mm-hmm. trying to communicate, the only person that's going to listen to me is the guy that likes tattoos. However, mm-hmm. if I have no tattoos, I can reach both of those people. I have doubled my audience mm-hmm. by just choosing not to do that thing. I've, I've chosen to take a, a, like, a non-decision, a middle road right now. So I'm not picking one or the other. I can have both. If Mm -hmm. I just choose to abstain from that thing. And so the idea with cussing is uh, kind of the same thing for us. It's this idea of like, there are people that think it's that, uh, how do I say this? They're like totally fine with it. Like, there's no problems. Uh I'm fine with it. Like, I, I don't, I'm not complaining about people that do it. However, the people that don't care also don't care if we choose not to. But the people mm-hmm. that do care will literally turn off the show if it happens. Right. And so it's this idea that we have opened ourselves up to more people by, again, choosing to stay away from politics, stay away from that thing or, or whatever. So anyway, for whatever that's worth, that that's kind of like the deeper thing of where that comes from is that yeah. we just want to be as accessible as possible to as many people as possible.
2: Well. Too late for us, Jerry. <laughs> I hope that doesn't there, sound. There, pre- there goes half our I hope audience. That doesn't
1: sound like pre- like it, it. It is not from a place of like, oh, we're we're better than someone else. It's totally not that at all. But it, it it's just our no, idea of no. being in, inclusive. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh, it, it's fine. So uh, we. I mean, we've mentioned, or I think you've said it a few times um, over this interview that you've been doing the podcast for about three years now. Um, and you do have multiple co hosts. How has the podcast changed your relationship with your other hosts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I cited before. It's definitely like, like, brothership, whatever. I mean, the, uh, I don't know if people know this. Andrew is an ordained minister. Mm-hmm. Andrew, um, actually, um, Facilitated my marriage. Andrew married me and Mackenzie, <laughs> and then uh, Luke was my best man. But a, a cool thing about Luke: Luke is a licensed beautician. If you didn't know that, what? and when you see that, I did not know exactly, that. he he is like he's licensed beautician, and so he cut oh. he cut uh, he used to cut mine and Andrew's hair, but he cut my hair the day of my wedding. He was my best okay. man, so standing on stage, it was the three ever. of us. Um, <laughs> no, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are we are brothers now. I mean, I, I feel like we, we... Your relationship determines your level of responsibility to someone, right? So, like, I am responsible for these guys now. Like, if something's wrong with Luke or something's wrong with Andrew, I'm the guy that needs to step up and try to help them out. Same... And, and the inverse of that is true. So, like, if you have a relationship with someone, that means that, like, you're the first person that needs to step up and like take care of the thing or fix the problem or or help someone out or whatever that that's it it necessitates that so i would just say that i have like uh, my obligation is to like my wife first and then probably like Mm -hmm. my parents and then it's like andrew and luke (laughs) like that's like my my obligation that i i have because of the level of relationship we
2: have yeah I, I mean, so I'm, a, I'm going to assume that Luke is listening to this, and I have to say, Luke, I'm extremely disappointed that you did not bring up the fact that you're a beautician in your That's interview. a fun fact. That That is. That is a really fun fact. I mean,
0: no disrespect to Patrick's last answer, but that's all I heard was (laughs) Pat is is a beautician. I wrote it down. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's like next level. Like he, he, like, I don't know the licensing, but like apparently one of them is like, and, and by the way, he can do like men and women. Like he can do all the hair, but he's like the level where you can like manage the business. So it's like, there's like mm-hmm. levels of this stuff, and uh, basically he's like supreme hair leader Luke.
2: Is what he is. <laughs> so what's up with the photography, man? Let's go uh, open up a beauty shop. He, oh, I think I think he did like work in a be-
1: like a shop for a while, this but I don't the, know.
2: This is the greatest thing ever. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, he should he should do that. He, listen, his haircuts are good, and the thing is, I've underpaid him for years.
2: So, you put him out of business with actually. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I've gotten a lot of haircut for 10 bucks. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, he's way undercharging, but I'm not saying anything.
0: That's amazing. Now we're going to have to loop back and have a second interview with Luke just about this. That's that's crazy. (laughs) All right. So, okay, we've got, I got two more questions, and then Mark's going to ask you some kind of silly questions that are kind of fun, but um, these are the last two for me. Uh, So, you've been doing this for a while and obviously you guys have learned everything sort of as you've gone and, you know, maybe from some other people who do this too, but for someone who's just starting out, like say, Oh, I don't know us, uh, or, or someone who's considering doing a podcast, what, what one piece of advice would you offer to someone who's considering, uh, going down this very dark path?
1: Yeah. Diane Gibbs actually has the best advice about this. And, uh, in her, her thing was basically, Set a personal, like set up your schedule, set a personal time commitment and do not let yourself, um, don't evaluate until you've hit your time commitment. So basically like if you're going to set out to do something, I I think I, she told me how many years hers was. She does design recharge and she told me like what her commitment was, Uh but she basically said like, I'm going to do this, uh, you know, what is it like once a week for three years and I will not let myself miss a day. I won't let myself stop. I won't let myself do anything. And at that three-year mark, I will then evaluate and decide what I'm if I'm going to keep doing it or not. But I think that um, it's like anything else in life. Like especially if it's it's just very easy to give up really quickly. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to yeah. it's very easy to um, not anticipate the amount of work that goes into this. Uh, again, this is not. Uh, like once you get into a rhythm, it feels very under control. So I don't want to act like you know it's like I'm doing backbreaking work every week. I'm not saying that, but the fact is, it is a lot of stuff to manage, and it's it it takes a bit to get into the rhythm where you're consistently managing it well, and um, and very early it, it's going to be really easy to to get overwhelmed and stop. And the other thing is, it's also very easy uh, early on to say. Yeah, I'm three weeks in and I, I know I've been releasing my episodes on Wednesday, but I just kinda wanna go to bed right now and I'm not done. <laughs> so I'll just I'll I'll release it the next day. I'll release it on Thursday. It's very easy to do that, but but you're just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you're creating confusion and and, and mm-hmm. then you're gonna the next time you're gonna miss it by two days, and you're gonna put it off by a week, and then you're just gonna stop doing it altogether. I mean, I, I think the the ninety percent of people that we've talked to and we know that have actually started shows have just Mm -hmm. fallen out of it. It wasn't even necessarily a conscious decision to stop. They just fell out of the routine. And so I would just say, if you're going to get into this, uh, it's more work than you think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Set up your schedule. Set that delineation. Know the amount of time that reasonably you can devote each week and force it to stay inside that box and then set a time commitment. It doesn't have to be three years. It could be six months. But force yourself to stick with it for some amount of time. That way you, you have time to see results. You have time to iterate. You have time to, to whatever. That way you don't end up giving up on something or falling out of something that could end up being a really important piece of your life or, or a really big thing for you or someone else. Um, and then beside that, I would say maybe don't do podcast. Um, uh, my last piece <laughs> of advice would be if you're genuinely starting from scratch, unless like unless you have some affinity for audio or something like that, mm-hmm. or like maybe you are horribly disfigured in like a, a freak, uh, <laughs> tragic accident, um, then I would say uh, video reality is you have a much larger potential audience because the size of something like YouTube, like there are way more people browsing YouTube videos than our browsing podcasts. Right. So if your ultimate goal is like, I just want to rack up a bunch of numbers and get a bunch of downloads and a bunch of whatever, then audio podcast is probably not to, the place to start. I would actually consider video instead. Um, yeah. And anything that has a higher barrier of entry, video is a higher barrier of entry than audio. Audio is a higher barrier of entry than writing a blog. Anything with a higher barrier of entry... You're going to have less competition, and so you have mm. uh, an ability to have a a greater reach, um, be, because the noise floor is is not so high. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: No, that does. I, and actually, so now I'm going to have two more questions, but I wanted to add, like so like when you guys were starting this off, it was kind of for fun and you guys were chatting and it's new friends and everything's hilarious. Was there a point that you guys had to sort of stop dating and get married and say, okay, are we going to be serious about this moving forward and like sort of commit to a a more long-term plan or has it just kind of gone along and grown on its own?
1: Yeah. I think the the first time I quit the show was probably that (laughs) moment. I mean, like I, I'm telling you, it was, it was a thing. Like, like I was, angry and i was sitting like i had my i was smaller than this is when i was like 80 pounds lighter so i was like with my feet like up sitting in a chair upset and i was basically just like forget you guys i'm taking my stuff and going home like we're, we're done here like and um and uh, it was probably a, a few days after that where I personally had to really make the commitment. Am I like doing this or not? So I don't know. Collectively, we didn't have a talk like we didn't have that talk. I'm sure it like individually, we mm-hmm. each had to ultimately make that commitment. And if we hadn't, then you know, if everybody individually hadn't done that, then they would have fallen off by now.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, last question for me Where do you see? the podcast going in the future. Now this can either be however you want to answer This can be whether uh, it's where you want to see it go or if you guys have discussed it or whatever, however you want to answer that question, where do you see master of one podcast uh, heading?
1: Yeah. The thing is, I wish I knew. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I really want to know what the answer to that is. And, um, the, I will repeat the thing I've said to, I think both of you before, which is that, um, I am I am very earnest and and genuine when I say that I care about uh, the community and I mm-hmm. for, so that I, I mentioned Frank Kozik. Um, I rarely mention him twice in a uh, conversation, but here we go. <laughs> you know, put seatbelts on your ears because it's about to happen. But um, one of the things he said is that any community that you care about, uh, you do not. Su- uh, how do I say this? He has a personal obligation that he feels like if he truly cares about a community he has to be a producer within that community so the way he gives back is by creating on behalf or pouring effort into it so he has a personal call to be a producer Mm -hmm. so in fact i think if you go find that episode i think we use the word producer in the title because that was a really important thing to him he just has Mm -hmm. this personal call of if i care about a thing then I need to help grow that thing. I, I need to leave it better than when I found it. That's that's how I show that I care about something. And I think that that uh, resonated with me because I am not, I'm not an artist. I'm sitting here staring at like, Jared, I have one of your paintings in front of me and <laughs> I mentioned Not Cool earlier and I'm, I'm like sitting here fi- fidgeting with one of her pins and like, uh, Mark I have tons of your stuff just all in front of me <laughs> but like I like I I am not an artist I, I I can't make that stuff like I can't produce that way I can't contribute art I can't contribute direction I can't contribute critique So the way I contribute is by connecting people either mm-hmm. to each other uh, connecting ideas to people connecting whatever that is that's the way I contribute and so the podcast, is my production, it's my contribution, it's the way I leave the community better than I found it. And so for me, so that's, so when I say that the podcast is not about us, but it is about um, the community and being a platform for other people, that's genuine and that's earnest, I really do mean that. And so the thing that I've said before is that if the way I could best contribute to the community, if tomorrow, it wasn't a podcast and it wasn't video and it was just something completely different that I haven't mm-hmm. thought of, I would stop podcasting tomorrow. Like I yeah. I am not, I do not do this because I get to talk into this microphone. I don't do right. this because I, I get to watch my level or because I get to like you know wade through youtube stuff or whatever like I, that <laughs> is not fulfilling to me that's not why I do this the thing that's fulfilling to me is i'm i'm building a community of people that i care about very deeply and if there was a better way to do that tomorrow i would quit this and do that better thing for the time being this is the best way to do it and so i continue doing this uh looking forward in the future uh, I just want to be more involved. I mean, that's the reality, and and I don't know what yeah. that looks like. I don't I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's connected to M of one. I don't know if it's spending more time with that or less time. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what that means for work. I don't know what that means for like geographical location. I don't know what that means for friend groups. Like, I have no idea. Other than um, the thing that is fulfilling into in my life is building this community. And so I'm going to go out of my way to do that.
0: Great answer. Good way to a end. Great answer. Yeah, yeah Very definitely. Good way to end that little section there. Okay, so now it's going to get much lighter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. I'm ready.
2: So this is like a little game. We're going to end w- with each one of your guys' interviews. I'm terrible at asking questions, so I'm just going to jump right into it. These are all – these questions have to do with your co host So – I'll just start off with it. So who gives the best hugs?
1: <laughs> I don't know that I've ever hugged Luke. No, I'm just kidding. So actually, here's the, here's the weird thing. Because if we're going for like feel, Andrew feels good. Um, both smells are fine. Like I don't have an issue with the smell. I'm thinking of the senses. But because Luke doesn't hug you as often, when he does hug you, it feels more important. so that's just something that's just um so i don't know i'm actually kind of split again i think that if i'm thinking of just the feel i would give it to andrew but if i think of really the weight of what that hug represents luke nice
0: (laughs) the beautician wins i think yeah
2: (laughs) um which co-host would you rather spend the weekend with that's a terrible question
1: Um, it depends on what I was doing because they are, they're both exciting and, and fun. I don't know the word we have. We have like independently of each other, like Luke and I have spent time together independent of Andrew. Andrew and I have spent time together. Um, we've, we've, so it just depends on what I'm doing. If there's a lot of like human interaction, I want to have Andrew because Andrew has a way of. Like breaking ice and cutting through and making friends mm-hmm. just immediately, like anybody. So like if I'm if I if we're like talking to people, if like there's a social component to this, then I I want Andrew to be with me just because we feed off each other's energy. And again, that dude just he he gets past any fronts you have and gets straight to talking to the human being just very quickly. Luke is as chill like as like, uh, man, I can just imagine Luke and I just chilling in a basement for like four days, like playing video games <laughs> and stuff and just eating bad food. That sounds like a lot of fun. So it depends on the activity. They, they both Actually,
2: I think I asked that wrong. To you. It was supposed to be whose house would you rather spend the weekend at? But I think you, you covered the answer. Oh, uh, well,
1: the answer to that one is Andrew's because Andrew has less kids than Luke has. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's easy. All right. Uh, all right. So this one it, The answer includes yourself. So there's going to be three contests, and you're going to assign which M of one host would win that contest. You have to give one to each. So it'll be who would win an eating contest, arm wrestling, and a sleeping contest. All
1: right. Uh, Eating is going to be me. I'm telling you guys, I can I can be a beast. I, I Listen, I've won some t-shirts and some free meals in my lifetime. Okay? That's impressive. Um, so eating for sure, I've got it. I'm really not aware of their sleeping habits, to be honest. So I'm just going to say um, I'm going to give arm wrestling to Andrew, and I'm going to give sleeping to Luke. All right. Luke just always looks like he just woke up, which is the reason <laughs> I feel like he can outsleep us.
2: All right. So the, there's one more, and I'm terrible at this one. We've played this game between Jared and I, and I failed at asking Luke this. So I'm always, Jared. If ever this question comes up, you're always going to be the one to ask it. Oh, I get
0: the last one. Okay. So we asked this actually of you guys in the Slack channel. So you had a little time to prepare for this one, but who would play or who would you personally cast, including yourself in the master of one podcast, the movie. So pick an actor for each of you.
1: Yeah, I've got this. So Luke is going to be played by uh, Danny Trejo. Um, Now, now, that's because it's just like no BS, right? And Luke would do his own stunts. (laughs) Also, <laughs> much like uh, Danny, Luke is seventy
2: three years old, so
1: it's really a good match. Um,
2: you know, before you answer next, I have to say I think you've made jokes like that about his age and other ones, and it got me in trouble during our M of One Meetup. Yes, when <laughs> wait, which time? I uh, when we went to Anaheim. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know how it came up, but I said something. I'm like, oh, aren't you that old? And I was referring to like somebody that's like 50 years old. And he's like, how old do you think I am? I was like, well, didn't they say that you're like 45 on the podcast? And then,
1: Yeah, actually, well, here's yeah. what's funny. I
2: actually don't know how
1: old Luke is. Like if you right now said <laughs> I had to tell you exactly I couldn't. I don't think he's that old, but it, it is what it is at this point. So, no, I think – I just feel like Danny Trejo and Luke could like – have a weekend in New York together and like frolic around. I feel like I would it's a watch good that. Yeah. Oh. uh <laughs> I think Andrew is. There's two people that really just embody Andrew, and I think it's going to be James Corden. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good one. Yeah. So much. And then the other person is. Um, oh, I, I want to get this guy. So. I just thought of this off the top of my head, and then I didn't have the guy pulled up. But Josh Gad, I feel like Josh Gad or <laughs> Josh. James Corden are, again, I, that it, would, it should be too good of a fit. They they can sing, and they're like big personalities, mm-hmm. but they're just, you know, you couldn't hate them if you tried.
0: Yeah, that'd and, be a good mashup if you combine Josh Gad and James Corden. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it'd be good. And then uh, for me, I had, I had a tough one uh, choosing myself. <laughs> um but i feel like i am so sean astin but specifically from stranger <laughs> things this latest season oh. like just the sugar sweet guy who ends up being kind of useful <laughs> but then like we know it happens i just feel like that that i feel like that 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 resonated with me for some reason so i cast those are great castings thank you
2: those <laughs> that's who i, I think i i I don't I think I agree with that. I all think of those.
1: as the master of TV and film, I would hope that I could nail that.
2: Yes.
0: Definitely. <laughs> I think you did. I think you did.
2: You've earned your badge. <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, that's all that I have for today. But before we go, I just want to say thank you so much to Patrick yes. for spending this evening with us. This is so all of your guys' episodes will go out the same week, and it's it's fun to see, you know the answers to these same questions from similar guys, but how you could handle them. And from just today, um, we've got a lot of similar answers and a lot of different ones. So it's, it's been a fun, uh, few episodes already. Absolutely. And I
0: know Patrick does not like talking about himself. Uh, and so we really appreciate you indulging us for these interviews and and for playing along. Yeah. Thank you very much.
2: Totally. And then I'm going to go back to sleep. Um, And Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you guys aren't already following um, Patrick and the Master of One podcast, we'll leave links to get in touch with him and listen to the show in our show notes. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Squared Gold podcast with Mark Morris and Jared Maruyama. Goodbye.